0: fantasy streamer podcast what's going on guys welcome to week three of the fantasy streamer podcast the podcast that's going to help you dominate your fantasy league one stream at a time hopefully you guys had a good week two there were a lot of really good streaming options we went over the podcast last week just some quick highlights um tj yeldon blow powell theo riddick philip Lindsay all had good days at running back Wide receiver, we had Mike Williams, Geronimo Allison, Quincy Numa all had really good days. Um, I believe John Brown might have been an honorable mention on the podcast as well, who had a monster day. So there, there were just a lot of really good players available last week, and hopefully he took advantage of that. This week, the matchups aren't as juicy, they're not as appealing. So I would definitely look to your bench and see what you have there. But obviously there's always going to be people to stream off the waivers, so nothing to worry about, and uh, let's get into it right away here. I do want to start off right away just saying that I'm a little sick, so I apologize for my voice, and I will try to do this podcast a little bit quicker than most weeks, but without further ado, let's get into week three here, starting at the quarterbacks. My first quarterback I'm going to go with is Dak Prescott versus the Seahawks. He's owned in about 40% a week, so he's quite available. In 2017, the first half of the year, Dak Prescott was the quarterback number one. And I know that was a long time ago. And the second half of the year, he was awful. So I'm not saying he's just like a locked and loaded stud, but I'm just saying that he has really good, high quarterback one upside. And so people just forget about that sometimes. So I just like to remind them that he's not bad. Uh, He gets the Seahawks, like I said, who... Case Keenum threw over 300 yards against in week one, and Keenum's a pretty meh quarterback to me. Uh, Chubitsky uh, on Monday night threw for over 200 yards, rushed for another 20 to 30, and had a couple touchdowns, uh, which wasn't an amazing day or anything for Mitch Chubitsky, but It was just like a really solid game. And if you can just get a really solid average game out of Dak, I think you'll be happy with that, especially with Dak's uh, rushing floor. Um, I don't think that Dallas has an amazing offense. They don't have a ton of weapons on offense. So I don't think Dak is going to be a top five quarterback or anything. But I absolutely think he can just have a really average game for you. And he won't lose you a week. My second quarterback... Might sound a bit like I'm chasing fantasy points, which is a very risky game, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, He's on about 30% of leagues, so he's, again, still very available. The man is on fire. There's really no other way to put it. His first two weeks, he had over 400 yards and four touchdowns in each week, which, I mean, what do you even say about that? That's absurd production. Obviously, I don't think he's going to do that again, but nobody thought he was going to do that in week one or week two. So, I mean, the sky's the ceiling right now for this guy. He's on fire, and like I said, you're just trying to to hop on that wave and ride him out until he cools off. Um, his deep ball is working great. He's firing on all cylinders with – I mean, he's got great weapons around him too. The run game isn't, isn't great, but Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard – like their offense is moving the ball, and he seems to fit really well in a Todd Munkins or their dirt cutters offense there in Tampa Bay. Uh, he gets the Steelers in Week Three. In Week One, Tyrod was uh, quarterback one against the Steelers, and in Week Two, Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback number one against the Steelers. So I didn't coming into the year. I I did believe that the Steelers had a pretty good defense, above average anyway. But so far they've got off to a pretty shaky start and. Fitzpatrick and the Bucks have got off to a red-hot start. So, you know, week three, maybe it's one of those things where both teams start to regress back towards the mean. So the Steelers' defense improves to where we thought they were. The Bucks offense regresses a bit to where they, we thought they would be. But either way, I think that Fitzpatrick is going to be very playable. And one other thing, just to keep, keep in your mind when you're streaming Fitzpatrick is that Jameis Winston is back after this week and so if Fitzpatrick struggles mightily this week if he goes back to the six interception Fitzpatrick we saw with the Jets Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback again and so Fitzpatrick really is fighting for a starting job and this week is critical in him keeping that and starting week four And so I think he's really going to try to put his best foot forward. All right. Lastly, we have Derek Carr, who's owned in about 25% of leagues. It doesn't really feel this way, but through two weeks, Derek Carr is averaging averaging 296 passing yards a game, which, I mean, that's great. He just hasn't had the touchdowns. In two games, he has one touchdown and three interceptions. And so you're probably thinking, why on earth would I want to stream this guy? But... Week one, he played the Rams, which, I mean, that's got to be the, the toughest matchup right now. And week two, he was in Denver, which for a quarterback, again, is is an extremely difficult matchup. And uh, he, again, he's averaging 300 yards a game. Like, that's amazing. He gets the Dolphins. The Dolphins are giving up about 275, 280 yards passing a game to oppo- opposing quarterbacks, so that bodes really well for him to throw you know, 270 to 300 yards, and that 270-280 yards that the Dolphins are giving up includes uh, a very rainy day against the Titans where Mar- Marcus Mariota was injured and they actually played Blaine Gabbert, and so you got to think if they played a better passing offense in better conditions in week one, that their passing defense would be even worse on the season. And lastly, kind of how I alluded to the Buccaneers and Steelers kind of regressing to the mean, there might be some positive regression for Derek Carr regressing or progressing to the mean with his touchdowns. Um, in his first four years, he's averaging 26.5 touchdowns a season. And like I said, he only has one through two games. And so for him to get to that number, he'd have to average about one 1.8 or basically two touchdowns a week to get there and so does he get there I don't know but you gotta think he's gonna start throwing more touchdowns soon and I think this is a good a very good matchup for him to get a couple of touchdowns all right so as I mentioned I'm sick so I am gonna try to fire through the running backs and wide receivers a little quicker here uh, running back we have Theo Riddick who's owned about 39% of leagues uh, as I mentioned last week He's just somebody that Stafford trusts in the passing game. They trust him in pass protection. He knows the offense really well. They're comfortable with him in there. And they are getting more comfortable with Carrion Johnson, which makes sense. I think Carrion Johnson is a really, really good running back prospect. Uh, but right now, Riddick is the passing down guy. Um, New England's going to score the ball, especially if Josh Gordon plays and is effective Sunday. But, I mean, even without him, you got to think that the Patriots are going to score the Lions have been off to a pretty shaky start from a points against standpoint this season. And if Detroit's going to keep up, if they're going to be passing the ball a lot, then you got to think Riddick's going to be in there. He's going to get targets. The Patriots are obviously going to try to take away the deeper routes to a guy like Marvin Jones and leave more checkdowns to guys like Theo Riddick. And last week, Theo Riddick had 12 targets, which uh, that's incredible. Production to get off of the waiver wire, especially at running back The second running back we have is Gio Bernard. This one is pretty straightforward. Joe Mixon's hurt. He's not gonna play and so Somebody's got to step up and both run and receive the ball because Mixon is a complete package at running back We already know Gio Bernard's a great receiving back. He's a great route runner, pass catcher, pass protector And I think he's almost locked and loaded to get that work. But I also think he's going to get an increased number of carries. Um, I do think that Mark Walton, their rookie running back, will get in the game and get some carries as well. And he might actually be a better runner of the ball. But again, kind of how the, the theoretic argument went. They're comfortable with Bernard. He knows the offense. I just think he will get most of the pass and down work. A little bit of the rushing, and I think that he's just locked and loaded for a pretty decent number of snaps and number of touches, which again is is just hard to get off the waivers when it comes to running backs. Last week, the Falcons' running backs rushed for over 170 yards and caught five passes against the Carolina Panthers' defense. So, I mean, I'm not calling for that at all from the Bengals or from Joe Bernard, but. It's just one of those, you got to think, there's going to be a little bit of production there, enough that you can stream in necessity, and he's not, Giubonacci's not going to lose you your week. And finally, we have Marlon Mack, who's owning about 54% of leagues. Uh, last week was his first game back, he missed week one, and his first game back, there was a little bit of a an unknown situation. We didn't really know if he was the starter. There was a timeshare. You know, there was just a lot of uncertainty there, because he got hurt in training camp. Preseason, he didn't play, and so nobody really knew who the starter was because there was it really was an open competition when he got when he went down. His first game back, he. he hit, had the exact same number of carries and targets as Jordan Wilkins who was the starter in week one so you've got to think that's going to be the same if not you might see a small uptick in max snaps touches carries those sorts of things so I don't think he's going to blow up I don't think he's going to be a bell cow this week and I don't think he's going to be a running back one or anything like that but again I just think it's one of those He's guaranteed to get a decent number of snaps. You're going to hope for a decent number of touches. The one thing you're going to be scared with Mac. I mean, I don't think the Colts are going to be leading a lot in this game, and I don't think the Colts are going to be able to run the ball 40 times because obviously that would be great. But I think the Eagles are going to be winning, especially with Carson Wentz back if, if he has a good return, if he's healthy. And so they're going to put up points against an average, I mean, I think a very below average Colts D, but they're they are playing well right now, so they're playing average. And so if the Colts need to score to keep up, they're going to have to pass the ball. Hopefully, Matt can get a decent number of targets. He is a pretty decent pass-catching scat back. A couple things to monitor, since if you're concerned with streaming running backs, these are guys to keep an eye on. Uh, LaShawn McCoy might not play. And so it looks like Marcus Murphy is going to be the starter there. A little scary because do you really want to start the backup running back for the Buffalo Bills on a Josh Allen-led offense against the Minnesota Vikings? Probably not. But again, if you're desperate, it looks like there could be a lot of volume there if McCoy doesn't play. Jay got hurt last week. I believe he's going to play next week, but again, something to monitor. If he doesn't, coy Clement is a great play, like a great play, so keep an eye on that, and Aaron Jones is back from suspension this week. I firmly believe he's the best runner, the runner of the ball. He's not the best pass catcher, and he's not an amazing at pass protection. Jamal Williams is better than Aaron Jones at that, but when it comes to Being a pure runner of the football, Aaron Jones is far better than Jamal Williams or Ty Montgomery. And I think in the long term, that's going to lead to him getting touches, getting carries. But with him returning this week, I think that it's going to be more of a timeshare. And I think it's a little scary to throw him in there. Again, something to keep an eye on maybe if you have an open roster spot and you don't need to play him this week you pick him up and he might be someone you stash on your bench for later in the season because if he takes over that starting running back role which again i believe he's the best runner running back on the team that could be very very valuable in an aaron Rodgers offense later in the season all right let's get on to the wide receivers First up, we have Devonte Parker, who's owned in about 49% of leagues, who's looking like he's going to make his season debut this weekend. Again, he's been injured, something to monitor. Uh, it was reported that he could have played in week two against the Jets if he had to, but they held him out just as a precaution. They want to obviously use him a lot throughout the season, and they just didn't want to risk anything further happening. So it looks like he's, he's ready to roll for week three. Uh, they get the Raiders, who it's quite obvious they struggle at rushing the passer. And so even though I think Tannehill is average at best, I think he's going to have some time to make some plays. And I'm not expecting a monster game from Devontae Parker, and I don't think he's a stud wide receiver one or anything like that. But I think he's the most talented receiver. He's probably the most talented pass catcher on this Dolphins offense. And so I think that that holds value, especially when you're streaming the position. The second wide receiver I have is Keelan Cole. Like I mentioned when I was talking about streaming him earlier, um, last year he had a five-week stretch where he was a top 10 wide receiver. He was a wide receiver one. Uh, I don't think he's a wide receiver one on the season, but uh, like he's talented. He's good. He's just not really believed in by the fantasy community, and I'm not entirely sure why. He's had a, a very fine start to the season. He's led the Jags in routes and yards in week one, and um, yards, receptions, everything in week two. Uh, I don't really know what else you want him to do. Right, like He's clearly the best pass catcher on the team. He's the number one option. You know, like, is he a stud again? No, but, I mean, he's doing his job, and he's very playable. Last week, Deshaun Watson put up over 300 yards against the Titans defense, who have struggled to stop the number one wide receivers for opponents. In week one, Kenny Stills had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Like I said last week, Watson had 300 yards. He had two separate 100-yard receivers, And so I just think Keelan Cole is probably the safest play you're going to find off waivers. And he's just someone you can keep on your bench. You can use him all season. Like, you don't even need to just stream and drop him. He's a valuable piece that I have. I own him in multiple leagues, and I have no intentions of dropping him whatsoever. So I think he's a really solid stream this week, too. And last, we have Paul Richardson, who's owning about 38% of leagues. Um, In each of the first two games, he had over four receptions. So the targets, the routes, the receptions, they're all there. Um, As I mentioned with Parker, do I think he's a stud wide receiver? One, no. So don't go out there and and expect him to win you your week. But they play the Packers, who have, again, in my opinion, a very average defense. They have an incredible offense, and I think the Packers are going to score a decent amount of points against the Redskins they might you know 25 to 30 which means that Alex Smith is gonna have to pass more than he's used to and he's gonna have to push the ball down the field he's not gonna be able to check it down to the running backs like, like he prefers to do he's he's gonna have to open it up a bit and that really helps guys like Jordan Reed, Shosh Dotson, Paul Richardson, and so, again, I think he's someone you can pick up off waivers, throw in your flex if you, if you really need it, and not someone who's going to lose you your week. If I had to rank these guys, obviously, like, season-long upside, Devontae Parker is a really talented player, but uh, I would definitely rank them Keelan Cole, Devontae Parker, Paul Richardson. As far as tight ends and defenses go, they're pretty ugly this week when you look at the you know, 40-50% ownership and under. Um, so I would definitely look at what options you have on your roster already, but here's what we got. So Eric Ebron, uh, he's owned about 35% of leagues with the Colts. Um, he's, I mean, he's doing just fine as far as targets and receptions go in Andrew Luck's offense, but most importantly, he is the red zone target on that team. T.Y. Hilton is a great receiver, he's just a little smaller, and so the first two weeks anyway, they've been going to Ebron in the red zone, and as I mentioned before with Mac, that the I think Wentz, if he's healthy, which all signs point to be, I mean, he's already declared to start, but declared that he's going to be you know the same old Carson Wentz, the Eagles are going to move the ball, they're going to score points, which means that the Colts have to do the same, and I mean, Andrew Luck's capable of it, um, obviously... Like going against the Eagles' defense isn't as easy as going against the Colts, but Andrew Luck's great. Eric Ebron's the main red zone threat on the team. And so, you know, I think that's what you're hoping for. You stream them, and especially when you stream tight ends, right? Like, you're not hoping to get 100 yards out of the guy, because that doesn't happen that often off waivers. But you're going to hope for a touchdown. And I think Ebron brings you that touchdown upside. We also have uh, Austin Seferian Jenkins who's owned about 30% of leagues. So last year he had a season plagued with touchdowns called back by penalty. Uh, he had another one of those in week one and then he had a touchdown in week two. And so just like Ebron, like he is the go-to guy in the red zone, um, especially with the Jaguars. And so that's what, again, what you're looking for. You're going to kind of hope for that. And you're just chasing touchdowns. Last week, Like I said, Watson threw for over 300 yards against the Titans defense. Last week, Blake Bortles threw for well over 300 yards. I think it was almost 380 against the Patriots. And so do I think that Bortles is going to throw 300, 400 yards? No. But can he throw 250, 280? Yes. Can you throw a couple touchdowns? Absolutely. And I think Safarian Jenkins is just someone you can throw in there hope for a touchdown but even if you don't get it i think he's going to have a couple touchdowns you know 40 yards 50 yards and he's not going to lose your your week the last guy we have uh a little it sounds a little riskier anyway it's Austin Hooper he's on about 17% of leagues he's got uh three receptions five receptions his first two games uh his last game he had you know, 60 yards and a touchdown and i mean if you if you're streaming a guy like Hooper i think you're getting to the very thin point of the waiver wire and if you're throwing them in there then you obviously don't have anything else on your team so you're not hoping to pick up a Gronk or somebody who's going to be a top 3 tight end this week you're just hoping for some sort of value so with Hooper you're going to kind of hope he does what he did the first couple weeks you know 3 to 5 receptions you know 20 30 to 60 yards Touchdown if you're lucky, but, you know, you're just hoping for you know a baseline of three to four catches, 40 yards, seven, eight PPR fantasy points. Uh, New Orleans is giving up about three catches for 40 yards to the tight end position so far, which, again, just aligns exactly with what Hooper's doing. You know, you get seven PPR points and... You hope to get by until you can remedy the tight end situation. Because if he's the best you can find, then you're either in an extremely deep league, you're going through some injuries, or you're just really desperate at the tight end position. So not ideal if you play him, but I think he's going to be just fine to give, give you a little bit of value. And obviously, with all these guys, you have that touchdown upside. All right. And so for defenses... Uh, we got a few here that, again, not ideal. I mean, last week one of the ones, one of the streaming defenses was the Bears, just dynamite. Um, I, I don't think you're gonna get a top three defense performance this week from the waivers, but um, again, it happens all the time, especially when you when you least expect it. So you never know. Um, so Seattle's defense is on about seven percent of weeks. I think they have an okay defense at best. I don't think it's great. Uh, But it is their home opener, Um, especially under Pete Carroll. They've been great at home. Um, They've been a much better team at home than on the road. And so I think that's kind of the narrative you buy into is that they're playing Dallas. Um, Dallas has a banged up O-line. They have a very, I don't want to say depleted wide receiver core because they're not really injured, but they just don't have a lot of high-end talent there. You know, they've got a bunch of like, Wide receiver twos at best, or probably wide receiver threes, but they don't have a wide receiver one or two on the team. And so, you know, they're just not, outside of Ezekiel Elliott, there's just not a lot going on in that offense. And so, Seattle's home opener, you know, maybe they can have a really big week. The second one is the Cleveland Browns. Not sure you'd expect to hear that on the show, but. Um, Through two games, they've got eight takeaways. So, like, that's phenomenal to start. And they get Sam Darnold, who's proven in college that he was a turnover machine. And then when he came to the NFL, I mean, he hasn't been protecting the ball. And I've been saying this all along, before he was ever drafted, that I don't think he's going to be an amazing NFL starter because of the turnovers, like they just limit your both your personal and team upside so much because they change the games in an instant. And so I think the Browns can get one, two, I mean, maybe even three turnovers. Um, they're playing at home on Thursday night, which is a primetime game. And so you know they're going to be fired up. The Jets don't have a full week of practice to implement an offensive plan. And so there's just a lot working in the favor of the Cleveland Browns getting a couple turnovers. Um, And honestly, just staying in that same game, grabbing the Jets defense isn't a bad play at all either because Tyrod and, and Cleveland hasn't been amazing at taking care of the football to start the season. He had a really awful turnover against the Steelers at the end of the game or the end of regulation, I should say. And I think that, again, that's what you're hoping for. The Jets have been a very competent defense so far. As I mentioned on Thursday nights, the Browns don't have a lot of time to implement an offensive game plan. They just traded Josh Gordon, and Jarvis Landry is a little banged up. And so this just, to me, has the makings of a really sloppy game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be even. I think it's just one of those. It could be a a turnover-filled game. You know, Darnold fumbles the ball, the Browns pick it up, and two plays later, Tyrod throws it right back to the Jets. You know, one of those kind of things. And so I'm not excited to play either defense in this game, but it's one of those, again, if every one on the waiver wire is taken, you know, if you're getting to that really thin part of waivers, I don't think either team is really going to lose you a week. Um, I think you're going to be just fine with either of them. And one of the pluses on playing that defense early in the week on Thursday is that, let's say, either one has a, a really good or bad game for you. They have a really good game for you, you know, some a touchdown, right? They score 18 fantasy points. That can really help. A start sit or a flex. This isn't for you, you know. You can put in someone who's a typically a really safe play, like you know Larry Fitzgerald. Just kind of one of those guys who's locked and loaded for targets, receptions, yards. He rarely goes for two hundred yards and two touchdowns, but he rarely zeroes out. And so you know he's just a really safe play. You'll put him in if you get a really good defensive performance. Whereas Let's say the defense scores, you know, four points. And your opponent has a really good lineup. You think your opponent's going to score a lot of points. And your defense didn't really help you out. And so you want, uh, you know, you want more potential in your flex play. So you throw Deshaun Jackson and hope and Fitzpatrick can go off again and he can have 150 yards and two touchdowns. Something that Fitzgerald probably won't do. But something that Deshaun Jackson might do. So that is the perk to playing a defense Early in the week. All right, guys, that does it for this week's episode. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at theffstreamer. We are giving away three jerseys. There is a Devonte Adams package jersey. There is an Amari Cooper Raiders jersey and a Le'Veon Bell again, if Bell ever returns to the Steelers. And they're all autographed with authentication. They'll be mailed to you completely free to enter. So go check them out online. And more importantly, if you have any questions at all, hit me up. I'll be happy to answer them, give you my reasoning. Um, especially, like I said, there are a couple streams this week that they're just not great. They're not ideal matchups. And so maybe... someone on your bench but you don't know you know should i pick up ebron or should i just you know start the guy that's already on my bench or someone i streamed last week that i'm not crazy about hit me up be happy to help you guys out so until next week take care guys good luck happy streaming